anytime I have felt that fire go out, I instantly am reconsumed with that despair and that mental heaviness mm-hmm. that I had before I knew God. And so that keeps me on fire because I know how much peace and how much love and how much joy God has to offer and what my life looks like without that. Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences, and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are, and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action, and inspired to change. This is the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. Today, I'm so freaking pumped for this episode. I have my friend Allie King on the show. I'm just super excited for us to talk about this topic of spiritual dryness. Now, I met Allie, I guess like maybe a couple months ago. It was so funny how we met. We met in Starbucks at the bookstore. Then I saw her at the church that I go to in the bathroom. Like everything goes down in the bathroom. I feel like in the girl's bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And it was just this cool connection moment of like, I don't know, it was just this cool connection. The way that you carry yourself, Allie, I never would have guessed that you were just 19. Oh, thank you. Um, That's what a lot of people say. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way you're 19. But it just shows how God's spirit gives you so much maturity and wisdom. So thank you for hopping on the show and welcome. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. I'm really glad to be on. I knew you had a podcast, but I never expected to like be a guest. But I was really excited when you invited me because I've never done anything like this. But it's the way you have it set up is really cool. It just feels like we're FaceTiming. I know. a good genuine conversation which is cool but yeah I remember I don't know why like because I worked at the Starbucks and that's how we met like you just stuck out to me and I loved your order she would get three shots of espresso on ice with like three with three pumps of white mocha because I never had anyone order just straight espresso like that and I was like she means business like she really does (laughs) and I loved it I thought it was awesome that's so funny. Look, I got Jamar on that order too. He was not a coffee drinker. And now that's like his thing. Of course, he gets a little bit more white mocha in there. But yeah, that's our thing when we go. That's so funny. I need to try it because it, it looked good. And it's like, I feel like it's a life hack because it actually comes out cheaper when you order it. And I was like, she's smart. I like that. She's smart about that. Dude, I, uh, I'm i a big, I love Vietnamese coffee. And that's the closest mm-hmm. thing I can get to Vietnamese coffee is that. So Starbucks order, gotta try it, especially if you like Vietnamese coffee. I just wanna know, cause everybody that starts their walk with Christ, it all looks so different. And I love hearing people's stories and I would love for you to share when your relationship with Jesus start and like, when did it become real to you and what was going on in your life at that moment? Okay, so I'm like, I mean, I have a very long testimony, but I'll just give you like the highlights of it. I think I like genuinely accepted Christ for the first time when I was 15. And um, I was going to a local church and I had begun to get involved in the youth group. We moved here when I was 14, my freshman year from DC, which was a crazy move. 
from DC to Mississippi and I was homeschooled as well. So I was like really isolated and I just, I struggled with depression for a very long time. My biological father has not been in my life very much. And so I felt like the reason I kind of never turned to Christianity because I grew up with it was because I didn't understand the father figure of God. Because when you don't see that in your own life, it's hard to like trust someone you can't see when you can't even trust the person you could see growing up. So that was like a big gap for me. And I remember I accepted Christ at a D now, you know, I think every church has like a little version of that, like a youth weekend. And I think it was because that was the first time I experienced the Holy Spirit. And so I accepted Jesus there. And then a year later, I got baptized at that same event. And it hasn't been like a walk in the park since then, especially with my age, especially when I got into college. Right after I turned 18, so almost two years ago, I did have a phase where like I started not really even on purpose because I've been so on fire from for God. But I had this phase where I had honestly started to hang out with some people who were not like doing the best things. And so I got kind of dragged into that. It wasn't even a full year, but it was about eight months where I started going out, started going to Starkville. <laughs> Nothing good happens in Starkville. <laughs> oh my gosh, at um, what, 18? Yeah. So in college, yeah, I got you. <laughs> so it was when I first started college, and um, then I came out of that about a year ago and started to just really seek the Holy Spirit because I feel like one thing is the church I was going to and that I like learned about God in was more Baptist. And so I feel like the reason it was so easy for me to turn was because I feel like I didn't really know the Holy Spirit. So I didn't really have that conscious. The Holy Spirit, like I didn't really know how to listen to him. So when people would you know, say, drink this, or you should come here, I'd be like, that's what everyone else is doing. And I wouldn't really feel like anything inside me be like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. So Mm -hmm. I guess last year around this time, stopped hanging out with those people. I started to really seek God for like all of who he is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and not just the Father and Son that I really had learned about before. It's been pretty good since then. I've been, I don't know, just trying to seek him and know him. And there's definitely been hard times where me and my boyfriend collectively have had to stop hanging out with people because he had also gone through that phase when he first went from being, he had gone to a community college, moved here, didn't go to school for a year. And then when he first started going to MC like a year and a half ago he had been hanging out with some guys who were like drinking and stuff and he had never just like me like he was a later bloomer like he had never been a part of that or experienced that before because we were both homeschooled and Mm -hmm. so we've both been collectively trying to like prune and grow and get rid of those people that were leading us to that it's been good it's just been a season of spiritual growth and just learning who the father is and like falling in love with him you know yeah okay a couple things first it's always the people that you hang out with bro it really is every time it's always the people because you are going to be influenced by something in your life like whatever Mm -hmm. it is social media the people you're around I mean especially the people that you're around in that environment because it's so easy like when that's what the people around you are doing and that's their normal for it to become your normal and uh, that's the reason why like God calls us to be holy and set apart is because we're our actions shouldn't look like what's normal to the rest of the world so that's so huge I think the thing with it was I didn't have any friends like in high school and so when I did like when I started college and I did start to make these friends I was like I rather these than none and that was kind of my mindset for a while 
while. Obviously, it's not healthy, but I've learned that you don't need, like, I am slowly making good Christian friends now, but for a while, I realized it's either I don't have friends or I have the Lord, you know, and I had to go through a season where I really only had God and my boyfriend because I, I couldn't find anybody mm-hmm. who was, like, following the Lord for a while there, but we're slowly making good Christian friends. It's just God had to kind of like prune me away from that you need friends kind of mindset all the time. Yeah. So I bet you there's people listening to this and they probably like are thinking about, mm, yeah, that's that's like my group of friends or like that's that, that group person, of friends over there. Yeah. yeah. How did you pull away and how did you allow God to work in your life in that area in relationships? So, I mean, God kind of honestly worked it out in a way where the main girl who had been my best friend, who kind of got me into everything I had gotten into, I don't know if he just like hardened her heart against me. Like she just randomly started this beef with me that I like had nothing to do with. And then she like ghosted me. And I had this moment where I'm like, okay, I can either try to make amends and continue to be friends with her, or I can just let it go. And so I let it go. And um, actually the the rest of the friend group since we've like detached from her I'm not saying it's her but I think it's given us the opportunity for all of us like I'm seeing God work in like all of us because we were like kind of like a big friend group of like five mm-hmm. and we're just like one of my good friends, he lives in Starkville. He started a um, multicultural Christian organization that is in state. And he also helped start a church, an Assembly of God church. And he, so a cool. year ago, I would not have seen him do that. And then one of our other friends has been coming to Word of Life. I'm sure you've seen him. He comes with us. And I've just been seeing him seek and know the Lord. Just things I feel like we would not have been doing together a year Mm -hmm. ago as friends. I'm seeing us all like slowly become on fire for the Lord. And so God kind of worked it out for me. But I feel like you're always going to have a choice when that person hits you up. Hey, we're going out tonight. What are you doing? You always have a choice in that moment whether or not you're going to. And you have to trust that God will provide people for you. And it may not be always what you like think. For us, a lot of my friends have been like the people I'm becoming friends with and getting to know are a lot older than me. Like they're not, I have yet to really start making friends exactly my age, but I'm learning that like wisdom from the spirit, it like bridges gaps. Whether it's people 30 years older than you, five years older than you, you have this in common like spiritual mindset that just defies ages, you know? Mm, So true. I've seen that a lot. I I went through the same thing. I feel like a lot of people do because it was my environment. And mm-hmm. I noticed myself being friends with these married couples, people with kids. Yeah. And it was it was it was really cool because, you know, Jamar and I had just gotten married and we were walking through that. So it was really yeah. cool to be able to be friends with those types of people. And just mm-hmm. recently I've been making friends more my age and it's been yeah. when I say friends, I mean like one or two. And, and that's um, yeah, me too. Yeah. But it's been so, it's been so sweet Mm -hmm. and God will bring those people in your life. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that you said was you're really just spending time to fall in love with God more. Yeah. And I feel like that is really the answer to, I mean, spiritual dryness in this topic that we're yeah. going into is falling in love with God more. Because when you do that and when you understand like his character and who he is and how much he loves you and that everything that he does is out of love, whether or not you see it mm-hmm. that way or not, it makes you just 
have peace. It makes you have yeah. gratefulness, thankfulness. It makes you have joy because you have, you're realizing I have this amazing God that is for me. So what makes you so passionate about spiritual dryness and about talking about this topic? Okay. So the reason I feel like this is important is because I feel like when people don't hear from God, they turn to other things. And I think that was my first issue. Cause I honestly had like a several year span from after I got saved where I was like, on fire for the Lord. I had a couple friends that maybe weren't the best, but I was really quick to be like, okay, I shouldn't be friends with these people. At like 16, like I was going on mission trips. I was like spending hours in my word every day. And then once I turned 18, I think I had this really big spiritual high where I'd begun to discover the Holy Spirit myself. And then I had a season where I feel like I didn't hear anything from God. And so when you get in that season, which is very normal, and I feel like God tries to use that. Sometimes it's him trying to see what you're going to do. And if you're going to push into him further, or if you're going to retreat, because if you're not hearing from him, you get in this mindset, like, are you there? And that's what I think happened to me was I was kind of like, are you there? And so then I started searching in relationships. I started searching in friends. I started searching in things. When you're homeschooled, you don't ever like go to parties. You don't do any of that because you're homeschooled. But I started to like find an interest in that because I was like, God, are you there? I knew he was real in my heart. And I still, you know, would go to church. I still would get my word every now and then. But I just had this season of dryness. And so the reason I like to talk about it is because I feel like it's really a big moment. Are you going to push into him or are you going to retreat back? And I feel like people think that when you're following God, he's not going to ever put you through a trial, but you literally just need to read the book of Job. Job was put through a lot to test him because Job was perfect almost. He was a perfect follower of Christ. Satan looked at him and was like, man, this dude's doing a lot of good. And God's like, yeah, he is doing a lot of good. He hasn't really had many trials. Let's see what happens if he's going to draw near to me or if he's going to push away if he is put through trials. And so that's what kind of sparked my interest is because I guess almost a year of me like really pursuing him. I feel like God has maybe been like, okay, if I were to not necessarily step back, but just kind of like be more of a peaceful presence. Are you going to start searching for things or are you going to push into me? And so I started pushing into him and I had the realization of the mistake I had made into the past. The mistake of pulling away? Yeah. I feel like that was my mistake in the past is when he just was a little more quiet. I just drew away. But I'm realizing what he's doing in that moment is he's trying to prune and grow you whenever he's quiet. Because that means that you have to be the one to speak instead of him always speaking to you. Because that's how a relationship works, is you speak back. It's not just him talking to you and feeding you. You have to worship him and speak to him and have a relationship with him. And I think that was my mistake is I just in life, I felt like I was just always hearing from him. And I was like, okay. And I never learned how to speak back. And I never learned how to have a relationship back. So that's been kind of my last month is just really learning how to talk to him. I've always prayed, but I don't feel like I've ever just been like having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's like so important. This is so interesting because I feel like it's the opposite for a lot of people of they do all the talking and they feel like they aren't able to hear from God. Mm. So what would you say to that person if they feel like, I just, I'm not hearing from God or I don't think I'm hearing from God. What would you tell them? A, continue to press forward and continue to speak. But also I've definitely been in a phase like that as well. I feel like sometimes when you get super busy, because that was another thing I had done was in high school, I literally volunteered (laughs) 
for everything ever once I got saved. I was like, give me every assignment you can possibly <laughs> give me. I will uh-huh. I will help with anything. And I became so busy in church that I began to lose the personal relationship and it unfortunately became a works type Mm -hmm. relationship. And so I think one thing is you just need to address what are you putting all of your energy into? Is it the church or is it God himself? Because there is a very big distinction between Mm -hmm. the two. God dwells in the church, but your effort shouldn't be into his house. It should be into him. His -hmm. house is where he gathers people But there is a difference between a building and the God who dwells in that place. So that was something for me. And then also just continue to press forward and continue to have those conversations and understand that God doesn't always speak in a physical voice and that you also need to be putting a lot of time into the Holy Spirit because God speaks to you in a gentle, quiet voice through the Spirit. And I, when I didn't know the Spirit, I felt like he wasn't talking to me because God talks through the great advocate, through the Holy Spirit. So if you don't have a relationship through the Spirit, it's going to be harder to like hear from God because that's why Jesus left the Spirit so we can have that interpersonal, have this God dwell within us. You know, so that's another thing I would advise is really like address your relationship. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Are you spending time with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I'm sure there's people listening who they haven't had that much conversation around the Holy Spirit. I know whenever I first started my Mm -hmm. walk and when I was on fire, like I'm trying to remember, I don't think there was much talk about the Holy Spirit. I heard the spirit of the Lord, but um, it was mostly like Jesus. Like I was like, I'm building my relationship with Jesus. And it was when I was on fire. And so I didn't really give that much attention to the Holy Spirit. And um, yeah, I wasn't really baptized with the Holy Spirit until recently within this past year, Mm -hmm. at the end of last year. And uh, it was from being around people that were filled with the spirit. (laughs) It was around word of life and and meeting these people that was like, oh my gosh, they are different. And Mm -hmm. uh, they talked about what it meant to be filled with the Spirit. So when you're talking about pressing forward and building a relationship with the Holy Spirit, what does that look like for somebody that hasn't been super familiar with the Holy Spirit? For me, it was really spending a lot of time studying the Holy Spirit in the Word. Because first of all, there there's a lot throughout the Old Testament if you look for it. And I've learned that in the Bible classes I've been in. But if you just read Acts, I've been reading through Acts this last month. And I've read it before, but every time I read it, I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. Just start studying the Holy Spirit. Spend time in your word. And I feel like, you know, God will lead you. And then also speak to the Holy Spirit directly. I feel like we tend to just pray to God the Father, but he is all three. You can build relationships with all three parts of him. And I think that's really important to learn the distinction between what each represents and how that comes together into God fully. I just say learning about, and that's Francis Chan's Crazy Love. Francis Chan writes some stuff on the Holy Spirit, even reading some books on that to help you get an understanding outside of just the Bible. Because I feel like if you don't know about it, A, you should always be in the Word first, but it can be useful to have some other people explain it in a way. Because some people just have a hard time, like they don't have the gift of interpretation. I've been gifted with that, but my boyfriend does not. And he he struggles to understand sometimes because he just does, he hates reading and he does not have the gift of interpretation. And that's fine. A lot of people Mm -hmm. don't. 
So that's why he likes to listen to sermons about stuff because it's someone with a degree explaining it to him. Or he'll like to read supplemental books along with his word that help explain it to him. So I definitely recommend that as well for someone who's seeking to know the Holy Spirit and is kind of stuck in that, I guess, rut almost about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think about the uh, the last verse of John. Is it that right? The last verse of John talks about love coming from God the Father, grace coming from Jesus, and then fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I think that verse really shed a lot of light for me. I think it's mm-hmm. the last verse in John. But yeah, really understanding that God is three in one and that it's a different yeah. relationship with each one. What helps me go about it in in prayer and just spending time with God is really reading Psalms too. Mm. It helps me like approach God with thankfulness and praise because we can think about our relationship with Christ as like a spouse relationship. Mm -hmm. If I'm learning more about Jamar, his amazing qualities, and I'm paying attention to the things about him that make me grateful, I feel a closeness to him and I feel this attractiveness to him and this greater love for him. Yeah. And when you are able to really read, I love that you're bringing it back to like reading the word because that is how we learn about God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it's hard. Like if I didn't know anything about Jamar, you can say this for your boyfriend too. Like if I didn't know yeah. anything about Jamar, how could I love him? How could I appreciate exactly. him? How could I have this relationship and fellowship with him? I just love reading in Psalms because these are people that are pouring their heart out to the Lord mm-hmm. and, and it's such a vulnerable and transparent place and you can just see like my soul thirsts for you God and you can see yeah. like these people are so serious about God and about his spirit yeah. and really for me like really praying that because I know that I can go deeper I mean we all can no matter where you are mm-hmm. in your walk but I know I can go deeper spiritually and deeper in my fellowship with the Lord and that's been my prayer of God make my soul thirst for you like make my yeah. heart yearn for you above all else. One thing I want to ask too is, I mean, you kind of talked about it, of you did say what causes spiritual dryness is mm-hmm. kind of not being able to hear from God. Do you feel like anything else could cause that spiritual dryness in your life? Yeah, so it can be either, I feel like there's two main reasons is God is going to prune you through that or you have something in your life that is inhibiting your prayer. You have whether it's a sin, it's a person. And this, I mean, this is really real. And I definitely went through that in my own life. When I first turned 18 and I started hanging out with those people, I started dating a guy and we dated for almost a year. And at first the relationship started off negative, but then in the last few months we started seeking God together and I got to see him baptized and that was amazing. But I feel I still had this spiritual dryness and it was because God was saying like, look, this is not the person for you. And he is physically inhibiting your prayer. Mm -hmm. And I mean, no matter what, even though he wasn't doing anything wrong, like I couldn't trust him. Like there was just something in my spirit, like you shouldn't be with him. And even though I got to see him grow spiritually a lot, um, I feel like people when they're in a relationship like that and they see growth, they're like, okay, we must be meant to be together. 
-hmm. Like we just were not, it was not, the relationship didn't start off healthy. And so if I couldn't see myself marrying him, then I had to end that relationship. And when I did in that relationship, I immediately felt like I was able to start knowing God more. And I was Mm -hmm. able to better shake off the things I had been dealing with, even though they weren't from him, him in general was causing like this spiritual block. And um, I hope the relationship ending helped him as well with whatever, I feel like he probably had a spiritual block as well. But definitely God spoke that to me that I needed to end that relationship. And when I did, it helped the communication flow better between me and God. Because I think God can be kind of quiet, like, okay, you're not listening to me. And if you're not listening, why am I going to speak? Because it is, it is kind of, you have to think of it almost in the way of a romantic relationship. If you're not listening to your partner, you're not pouring love into your partner, they might be a little silent. And it doesn't mean that your partner doesn't love you. It just means you're not listening to them. And so they're going to draw back a little bit. And I feel like God can do that. Because I for, I mean, I miss, was with him for a year. So that's a long time of not listening to God. Yeah. <laughs> sure, God was like, come on. Your year was like my 17 years. <laughs> it was a rough a good- year. That's such a good point because it, it just reminds me of the story of Jonah and how mm-hmm. um, when they were in the middle of a storm, it was because of Jonah. It was because Jonah was disobeying God and it yeah. affected everybody on the boat. So it can be, and that's why it's so important to do like evaluation and to, like you said, you just felt it in your spirit. You, It was like this knowing. And um, a lot of people, I know the, a big question is, well, how do you know it's the Holy Spirit? And how do you know it's not just, you know, me or like doubt or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. I think I'm also still discerning that. But one thing that's helped me is asking, where is this feeling coming from? Is it like, yeah. A gut heart feeling or is it like a head type feeling? Um, no, yeah. And then also do I have, is there a peace when I think about making this decision or like a joy or any of the fruits of the spirit or these mm-hmm. things showing up if I have to make this decision? And those are good indicators for me. It's just really helped me like, okay, this is from my heart. This is from the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's really good. Let's take, we got to take some inventory of who's in our life. What are we listening to? What do we have going on? What are we dedicating our time and energy into? Mm -hmm. Very true. God will honor a heart that is dedicated to him and a heart that wants to do things out of love and devotion for God. So we're not always going to get it right. But one Mm -hmm. thing, and that was a big thing I was in is like, I'm scared to make the wrong decision. Like, I don't want to make God upset. I don't want to step out of God's will. And we can get in this habit of fear, really. And God doesn't Mm -hmm. want us in a place of fear. He wants us in a place of faith. And if he's the perfect father and he's looking at you and watching you make these steps, it's just about the heart. It's your heart posture in it, no matter if it's the wrong or right. If your heart is truly like, I truly feel like God's telling me to do this and you do it and it's not the direction he wants you to go in, he will redirect you. Yeah. So really staying in a place of not being so worried about making the wrong decision. But again, that's why being in the word and really falling in love with God is like a number one priority in my life. And I know it is in yours. And I feel like it is important when you are in life, like that being your focus, because everything else will fall into that. Yeah. And it helps you discern things. The more time you spend with him, the more time you know his will. And another thing that I've been just trying to do, because I feel like everyone struggles with knowing is this God or is this me, is does it line up with God's word? 
Mm-hmm. And if it lines up with his, you know, the will that he shows throughout the word, it's most likely him because the enemy doesn't want you to do something mm. that benefits the kingdom of God. And I learned that recently. I tried out for the worship team. The key that the track that was sent to me to audition was like maybe two keys too high and I have a lower singing voice. And I literally almost didn't do it. I was like, I almost just said, I don't think I want to do this. And then I woke up the next morning and I was like, okay, would the word want me to worship God to benefit his kingdom or would the word want me to stay silent? And Mm. I, I just knew only the enemy would want me to stay silent from worshiping God. Therefore, I have to do it, even if I feel like this isn't going to be my best performance ever. It definitely wasn't. It was <laughs> it was pretty high. But the feedback I got from Mallory was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you've just been sitting this whole time and you haven't been up here. And I was like, okay, wow. okay, God, I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm listening to you. So that was an example of trying to discern his will because his, his will will never want for you to be silent for the kingdom. His will will never want for you to be in a place of darkness ever or a place of hurt. He never wants you to feel like that. He wants peace and joy for his children. And one thing I found that's really important is that you know you have the love of God when you're in a tough season and you have peace and love still. Because Mm -hmm. that's the ultimate, everything's going to be all right. Because I have Jesus. Because he never promises that we won't have trials. He promises that we're going to overcome those trials though. And that they're going to be for the benefit of the kingdom. And that's something that I've been really trying to get through. Because I feel like I had definitely, when I first started following God, and I had had that terrible view of my father, when I would go through something tough, I'm like, God, why would you do this to me? Mm. But after, again, reading through the New Testament, especially Paul, and learning about what Paul did and then what Paul went through after is that he still had like a peace and contentment and still worship God through the trials. And that these people were literally so in love with God that I'm trying to think who it was, Stephen, when he was stoned to death, his last words were, God, forgive them. That is how much, that's just, I read that the other day and I really just had to like sit and just think about that for like 30 minutes. I was like, that is amazing. Remembering that even like when you go through those tough trials or spiritual seasons of spiritual dryness, that you have that peace and joy and love with you always. And if you don't, then you need to start like thinking through your heart, like, what am I holding on to? Especially forgiveness. Like, who have I not forgiven? Because forgiveness is another thing that builds a barrier between you and God. Relationships can, sins can, but also like the aspect of your heart. Yes. Because that prevents God from getting in. Yes, that's so good. Oh, that's so good. And whenever I was going through freedom, which freedom is like this, or it's based on a book, and it's like a mm-hmm. course. And one whole aspect in there that we spent so much time on was forgiveness, because unforgiveness is so toxic to you, and it can totally create a block. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And I love your example of trying out for the worship team and actually like giving, yeah. well, this is like how I applied it here. And then this mm-hmm. was the outcome. So I love that you shared that. It's like, these are great, but how can you really apply it to your daily walk? So just in closing up, because I always think about, and I know we all have our own path, but I always think about, wow, what if I was on fire for the Lord at 15? Like, that is so crazy to think about. I'm so inspired by your fire and your devotion, your love for the Lord. Where would you say this fire comes from? Say somebody wants to be on fire for Christ, but they just haven't experienced that. Well, I'll ask first, where does your fire come from? 
I don't know. I had a lot of difficulties with mental health growing up with family issues. I also have some chronic medical conditions as well that just, I don't know, it just created such like a deep sadness and such a deep despair at like such a young age. And so for me, the only thing I found that could ever feel that and bring me peace was God. And so I think that's where my fire came from. And I've noticed because I mean, I got saved at 15. So there's been ups and downs since then, because you're still in high school, you're still in early college. And there's a lot that comes with that. And it does make it I feel like it makes it hard to really stay on fire. But anytime I have felt that fire go out, I instantly am reconsumed with like that despair. And that like mental just heaviness Mm. that I had before I knew God. And so that keeps me on fire because I know how much peace and how much love and how much joy God has to offer and what my life looks like without that. Mm. But even for people who haven't had, you know, a childhood like I did, it's just, it's really a choice. It is a choice whether or not you want to be on fire for God. And that choice is really just accepting him. And then continuing to walk and grow with him. Because at the end of the day, it wasn't God chose me. I had to choose God. And I did in that moment. And since then, like, don't get me wrong, life has not been easy. Most of it is on my end, though, because I've made the choice to be friends with those people or do those things. But there's forgiveness in that. And there's also love in that. And I'd say that to anyone listening, like it's just a choice. You have to make that choice to step into God and God doesn't want you in the middle. He wants you all in. And anytime I've tried to live in the middle, it has not gone well. (laughs) Just speaking from experience. Because when I was coming out of that season of like trying to know him and love him, I still kind of tried to live in the middle for a couple months of like trying to like prune myself. And I was in this season of like, okay, I won't get drunk, but I'll still drink. And that never works out. That never never goes the way you want it to. You have to, you have to go all in and you have to realize that you're going to have to leave things behind. And I do not miss them at all. I don't like, I don't even care about that anymore. So I I would just say step into him and he honors your step. He honors you saying, Lord, I want you. He will never not, you know, surrender himself over into your heart. You just have to surrender your heart first. It is like a relationship. He already loves you, but you have to be able to say, I want that love. Yes. Yes. Because he's already freely given it. And yes. Oh my gosh. It is on you to make that decision because he's already shown you his love and you accepting that is up to you because he's not going to force himself onto you. He's not going to force a relationship with you if you don't want that. And I love that you say you can't live in the middle because I went through this season like that too. And it really is a place where you only miss it if you're around people that are doing that. And that's the only time I have missed it. And which is why I've had to just stop hanging out with people like that. Because then it's like a fight. You're having to fight. Because your natural instinct as a human is to do the wrong thing. And if you're around people that are trying to bring you into that, you can't, you got to immerse yourself in spiritual people. Even if it means you don't have a best friend for a while, that's okay. You have a best friend in God. And sometimes that's why you're in a season. So you only rely on him. Yes. 
because that's the most important relationship in your life. He'll give you all other things. And just a verse I want to leave you with is like, God's word is a promise. Like Mm -hmm. what he says in his word, he will do. So seek and you will find. If you seek him, you will find what you're looking for. And I still have to do this. Like when I read something, I have to remind myself, this is a promise from God. Yes. This is what he's promising me. Like this is for me. It's not just for the people that, you know, are in the Bible. It's for me too. And it's for my family. Mm-hmm. One thing, one question that I just thought about just to end with, I think a, a huge thing too is people not having such a great relationship with their father can yes. totally hinder the relationship that they have with God. How did you come to know like that's what was making your walk with Christ hard? And how did you overcome that? Okay, first thing that I really had to work on was I didn't even know that my dad was an addict until I was 17. He had been a high-functioning addict my entire life. He used, but he still would go to work. And he still, for a long time, was married to my stepmom and was a parent to my uh, two siblings that live in Louisiana. So I just I always felt something was off, but I never knew that. And it wasn't honestly until this last year that I had to accept First, I had to accept that my father is very imperfect. He has made and he continues to make a lot of mistakes. And so first I had to have that realization because I still struggled with it for a long time, even after I got saved of like trusting God and I would kind of want to take the reins Mm. of my life. I would fight it because... I didn't trust, I loved God, but I still had trouble trusting him. And so the first step Mm -hmm. was I addressed and kind of started to work through my father and the things that had happened through my life because of his addiction. And then I began to separate who my dad is as a father from who God is as as a father, because they're completely different. You have to be able to separate that God is your father, but he's not your earthly father. And that is very different. And I have, you know, I had to start realizing God has never let me down. He hasn't. And life without God is so much worse than life with God versus life without my dad has honestly been better than when I've had him. And we're working through that. We're building a relationship Mm -hmm. now, but it hasn't always been life with my dad is the best. Most of the time it's been when he's not in my life, I do the best. I just really think you have to go through and just start separating who your earthly father has been as to who God can be for you because your view of an earthly father father, (laughs) father is completely different than who the heavenly father is. It's just, it's gotta be a lot. It's a lot of interpersonal emotional work. And honestly, I totally recommend going to see a therapist about it. Christian counselor, of course, because I've had some that weren't. I recommend seeing a Christian counselor about it because sometimes, or even just a pastor discussing it with your pastor, sometimes you need someone to just work with you Mm -hmm. through separating that and through also just processing it because it's hard to love God when you have an earthly father who's bringing you down and who has just caused so much in your life. So that's just kind of my recommendation. I was able to do it on my own and separate it, but sometimes, I mean, you have so much on you that you just can't process it all. And you may need help from like getting spiritual counseling with your pastor or getting spiritual counseling. Every church normally has a counseling group they work with. I know that Word of Life has one in Flowood that they work with. So just talking to your church and getting a recommendation for that too. 
Yeah, I love that you said that because it, it is. It's about. It's not going to be an overnight thing. Like tomorrow, no. you wake up and like a hundred percent trust God. Yeah, um, it is a inner working, and you know God will answer the desires of your heart. So mm-hmm. really bringing that to Him, allowing Him to help you forgive that person. Yeah. Maybe your father, maybe your mom, maybe somebody in your life. Mm-hmm. Forgive that person, love that person, and just accept and also help you heal and expose mm-hmm. things that need addressing in your heart. Yeah. Because if you leave things just what I've experienced, but if you leave things covered up or just you don't allow them to come to surface, you're going to deal with that in your future relationships like marriage for me has been a total growth process because not Mm -hmm. gonna lie whenever I went into or whenever I first started dating Jamar I thought I was perfect (laughs) I didn't have a I didn't have a relationship with Christ and I thought I was this perfect person but Mm -hmm. being in a relationship with him really exposed a lot of parts of me that were unhealed that were not healthy and I had to accept it and I had to have an open heart like I'm reading in Proverbs and it talks about really accepting like reproof accepting counsel accepting critique yeah that is wise a fool rejects that a fool Mm -hmm. looks at themselves and answers reproof with pride and saying i don't have anything wrong with me it's all about it's you you're the problem but that has been that has really helped me so much of that interpersonal work of letting go of that pride like it's i have to do that often letting go of the pride and saying you know what how can i be better in this situation what's what's actually going on with me and where am i wrong in this Um, And what do I need to heal from? It's a very intentional inner working and healing process. You have to be very intentional with it and you have to be so honest with yourself. You have to want it for sure. It's not something that's just going to happen naturally. You have to actually work at it. And I I understand about the relationship part because I definitely had like a distrust of men. And when I got into this super healthy, godly relationship, I was almost (laughs) looking for issues when there were none. And there are no relate, there are no relational issues. And I found myself and I still have to fight it searching for fights and searching for issues when there are, when my boyfriend is the sweetest, just what can I do for you, baby? What can I, what can I do for you today? Do you need prayer? What do you need? And I'm like, oh, he wants to fight when he does yeah, not. Yeah. And it's a, it's an interpersonal working that I have to work at because I just, my almost my entire life I have not trusted men Mm -hmm. and here I have the most trustworthy peaceful loving man ever and I have to actively work at surrendering that part of me that distrust I mean he has really shown me the way that God loves me because he loves me in such a godly way Mm -hmm. of I don't know it's just if really he has helped me I learn and accept the love of God because he loves me in such a godly way and I just like I can't state that enough Mm -hmm. And that's definitely something everyone should be looking for in a relationship. So he's helped me get over that distrust and he's helped me grow closer to God in that and help me trust God more. But it was it was a step of me like a couple months into our relationship having to realize that I was searching for like negative things because of past mm-hmm. experiences and it's not fair for him. Just like it's not fair for me to put that on God mm-hmm. because of my past experiences. I can't put that on God. I can't put that on my boyfriend. 
I have to work so on that good. in myself and I have to surrender that to God so God can do that work in me as well. Because you can't do stuff by your own power. It's literally by God's strength alone that you ever overcome anything like that. Dude, this is a whole nother episode. I feel like we just opened up a whole nother yeah. topic to go into. Oh, a relationship so episode coming. <laughs> literally it's needed oh my god it's very needed yeah oh my goodness if I had people like telling me this back then I probably wouldn't have listened but still I didn't have anybody telling me this stuff so so good Allie this was awesome thank you so much for being a guest on the show I love this I I really think this is going to help so many people just identify when they're in a season of spiritual dryness and also develop a Mm -hmm. hunger and with the way you answered these questions and through our conversation they'll have action steps I feel like you really really gave that to them and so I think this is such an impactful episode so thanks so much for hopping on thank you for having me on all right let's bring it in giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of blackouts to breakthroughs podcast and you know what you just deserve it the reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me so if you love today's episode make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes also i'd love to hear your takeaways so feel free to screenshot this episode put it in your stories and tag me at blackouts to breakthroughs on instagram with your biggest takeaways so i can connect with you and reshare your post I can't wait to hear from you until next time, friend.